You are listening to Girl Speak, a podcast series all about art, history, and contemporary culture with a girl's eye view. Hi, my name is Jennifer Lee, and I've been a junior girl since 2017. I was the lead curator for Girl Museum's latest exhibition, Impressionist Girls. Today I'm going to be talking about the exhibition, and in particular about two works by Edgar Degas we've included. The curator's role is to shape the story that an exhibition tells about the works of art. That includes choosing which works make it into the show, asking questions that will draw out a story, and helping the team write and edit labels for each piece that explain why it's interesting to us. For this exhibition, we started with the goal of reframing the discussion from the painter to the subject. Instead of talking about Cezanne or Manet, we really wanted to think about the girls that they chose to paint, what those girls were like when they walked out of the studio or left the painter's gaze, and how we can use these portraits as a jumping-off point to talk about them as full human beings who live in the world. I was especially interested in looking at technology and social change. There were new technologies in the mid-19th century that allowed the Impressionists to paint in the way that they did, paint packaged in metal tubes so they could leave the studio, paint outside, and not worry about their paint drying out, the railway, which made it cheaper and easier to travel, and changed the city of Paris in new and interesting ways, and the photograph, which changed the way that people thought about composition, the arrangement of objects in a picture, and allowed artists to capture moment in time to paint later. There are also social women are just beginning to enter education and the workforce, which means that female artists like Berthe Morisot and Mary Cassatt can work professionally, and there's a new interest in and access to Japanese art, which is radically different from Western painting. There are also social changes. Women are just beginning to enter education and the workforce, which means that female artists like Berthe Morisot and Mary Cassatt can work professionally, and there's a new interest in and access to Japanese art, which is radically different from Western painting. But of course it's not just the painters who are living through and reacting to all these changes, it's their subjects, too. I was interested in exploring the effect that all these changes had on girls, so you'll see paintings of girls waiting for trains, wearing Japanese-inspired kimonos, going out into the world to work and play, as well as sewing and reading and the traditional pursuits of European girlhood. I also wanted to explore class and work. The Impressionists painted their own middle-class families, but they also painted the working poor, as we're going to see in a minute. So another theme of this exhibition is the way that social class shaped these girls' opportunities. This brings us to Degas' paintings. Like the other Impressionists, Degas was working between the 1860s and the early 1900s and rejecting the historical norms of painting. Unlike almost every other Impressionist painter, he hated painting outside in natural light, so almost all of his work is done in indoor settings. Even when he paints beach scenes, he's actually posed models in his studio rather than going out to the beach. He painted laundresses, racehorses, cafe scenes, and portraits, but he's best known for the more than 1,500 paintings, drawings, sketches, and prints of ballet dancers that he made over his career. These dancers performed as part of the corps de ballet at the Paris Opera. At the time, the opera played a huge part in the social life of middle-class and upper-class men. It was a social event as well as a way of consuming culture. People went to see and be seen as much as to watch the performances. If you were a painter interested in modern city life, like Degas, it was the place to be. He started with painting the view from the audience seats and the orchestra pit. In the earliest opera paintings, we see dancers on stage, lit by the new electric lights. Often, there are these menacing silhouettes of men in top hats looming over the dancers, and these are the abonnés, or subscribers, who held reserved seats for performances. 
Subscribers, who were wealthy men, were free to wander backstage, through the corridors of the opera, and into dressing rooms, even during performances, which must have been awful for these girls. You can imagine young girls doing this extremely physically demanding work on stage, and then getting off stage to be essentially sexually harassed by rich patrons. But having a relationship with a subscriber could be the ticket to advancing your career. Young dancers in the corps de ballet of the opera were known as little rats. These girls usually came from poor backgrounds, and the work was looked down upon. They started as young as six and worked ten or twelve hours a day. In a time when it was considered scandalous for women to expose their ankles, the knee-length revealing costumes of the corps de ballet made them sex objects, and the ballet paid so poorly that many did engage in sex work for their survival. Certainly none of them would ever have been allowed to see Degas' work at exhibition. The hall was closed to the poor and working class. The world in which these girls' image was consumed was completely off-limits to them. The first painting I'd like to look at is called The Dance Class, and it's in the Musée d'Orsay in Paris. Degas painted it between about 1871 and 1874. As the title suggests, it shows a dance class in progress, with young dancers in their white tutus surrounding a dance teacher in a grey suit. His attention is focused on one girl in the dead centre of the painting, who looks like she's running through a combination for him. She's very elegant and poised, in the way that we always think of ballet dancers, and she has a neutral expression on her face. But the dancers who are taking up the rest of the space, the girls the dance teacher isn't watching, aren't elegant at all. They're standing around in more awkward positions, shifting their weight. There's a girl sitting on top of the piano, trying to scratch an itch on her back. This is one of Degas' earliest paintings of the ballet dancers, but it sets up a theme that continues through most of his work. He's interested in the difference between the very artful, stylized, perfect motions of the ballet dancers on stage, and the hard physical work that happens off stage the ungracefulness of the labour which makes the performance look effortless. He takes our attention away from the actual dancing and focuses it on what's happening when you're supposed to be looking away. So we see dancers tying their shoes, adjusting their costumes, stretching, yawning, biting their nails, waiting for their turn or the end of rehearsal. The only time they are actively engaged in dancing is when they know they're being watched by an audience or dance teacher, otherwise they're off duty. There's an interesting element of gaze here, that these girls spent so much of their lives being watched, or consumed, if you will, by a male audience, and Degas has managed to capture the few moments when they're not on display for someone. They're just girls being girls. It's almost like looking at a candid photograph, but the irony is that this is not a photograph taken of a real moment. Degas is very deliberate about his compositions. He had girls in his studio posing, he takes old sketches and places the figure in the painting, he paints over and repaints them and makes different versions of every scene. Why would an artist ignore the beautiful staged performances in favour of these awkward candids? Degas himself spent every day performing hard, repetitive work in the form of painting. It eventually cost him his eyesight, starting in his thirties, and he becomes particularly interested in painting women who do physical labour. I think he was drawn to the kind of obsessive repetition that he himself performed. Beside the dancers, he painted quite a few laundresses and also milliners, girls who made hats. He really enjoyed capturing these awkward poses like the girl twisting her arm behind her back or girls slumped over on the bench after practice as a kind of technical challenge. There's another painting in the exhibition that gives us a window into the world of the little rats and it's called The Mont Family. It's from 10 years later, around 1884, and it shows two young girls and their mother. Both girls can't be older than about eight or nine. On the right, one girl is dressed to dance. She's in her white tutu and slippers and she's looking at her feet and her mother is behind her tying up her hair. When we were researching this painting, we thought she might be preparing for an audition or rehearsal because she has a look of anxiety, and she seems to be practicing her steps. 
Her sister's in street clothes, but we might suspect from her turned-out feet that she's a dancer too. And we know from historical record that these girls are named Suzanne and Blanche Mont. Their father played in the ballet orchestra, and there was a third sister who also danced in the ballet. This painting contrasts with the previous painting we saw. We go from girls who aren't being observed to girls who know that they're being watched very closely. They look much more sombre than the girls in the last painting. There's a sense of anxiety. It was difficult to rise up through the ranks at the ballet. There were examinations twice a year that gave dancers a chance to move up and receive pay raises and more opportunities to perform, but they were difficult and it was extremely competitive. As we can see here, the girls' mothers were often very involved with promoting their daughters both officially in the opera rankings and to patrons backstage because these girls could be the main or the only source of income in the family. It can be difficult, looking at these paintings, to tell how the artist actually feels about all this. Degas' friends all considered him a misogynist. With very few exceptions, he was either hostile to, or disinterested in, adult women. It's harder to tell how he felt about the ballet girls who served as his models, who are usually between 14 and 18 years old. There's no evidence that he was ever abusive towards them, but it's also not really clear that he felt very warmly towards them or had any real respect for them. He was a wealthy, upper-class, educated man, and they were very young and very poor girls. I do think that he's criticizing the ballet system as abusive. The shadowy figures of these paintings are the men waiting backstage to prey on these girls and the mothers who are willing to sell their children to the highest bidder. If the paintings seem voyeuristic and exploitative, so were the performances. The problems that Degas' ballet girls faced are unfortunately still with us. In the last year, we've heard reports of harassment and abuse from dancers at the Royal Winnipeg Ballet, the Vienna State Opera, and the Paris Opera Ballet, the same company where Degas sketched girls surrounded by looming older men. We know that girls and women in the entertainment industry in general are expected to put up with harassment and abuse for the sake of their careers. In Degas' time, writers compared the opera to the Minotaur, this monster that the city sacrificed girls to every year which basically ate them up. These dancers are an example of how the Impressionist girls can become reduced to their appearances. His paintings of the ballet girls are still hugely popular, but we have a tendency to read them as innocent, frothy pictures of pretty dancers, whereas when we look at these paintings in context, there's something a bit darker and I think slightly subversive or challenging going on under the surface. Thank you so much for listening. To see the paintings I've referenced and the rest of the exhibition, please visit impressionistgirls at girlmuseum.org. If you like hearing a fresh, girl-positive perspective on the internet, please support us with a tax-deductible donation easily made on our website. Our music is courtesy of up-and-coming artist Han Av. You can find her SoundCloud link on our website.